Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. I am the lead pastor of St. John's Church and School in Denver, Colorado, right across the street from Wash Park. And in this podcast, what we do is we consider what it looks like to follow Jesus. We consider what it looks like uh, to be committed to a Christ-centered worldview and operate with that as our lifestyle. This podcast is for you if you are seeking what that might look like or if you have already committed your life to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Pastor Andrew Farhat. I'm here with guest AJ Vega. Hello. Welcome to the show, AJ. AJ is always a great contributor. You know, I've actually been listening to our podcast when, like, for example, when you and PJ took it, and you guys <laughs> actually did a pretty good job. That was fun. Yeah, PJ wanted to, like, completely take over, and I said, whoa, hold on there, PJ. Let's let Andrew come back. I kind of liked how you guys said, you know, we're going to usurp Andrew's uh, podcast right now. That's right. And yeah. take it over. I loved it. Once again, PJ's idea, not me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, PJ is a great, great man of God. Yes. As you are as well. And we are blessed to be able to keep going with these questions. Um, if you are listening and you like what you are hearing, we want to invite you to uh, subscribe and also share it with someone you think could be blessed. Uh, today's topic, I think, is a very relevant one. Sure. It is, uh, what do I do when someone angers me? Yeah, for sure. So I think this is a you know very relevant topic, obviously, because uh, in a marriage you get angry. When you are a parent, you get angry. Yeah. Um, when you have coworkers, you get angry. Yeah. Um, when you're driving, especially in Denver, <laughs> oh my gosh, this morning, like it hit me today. And then I was like, oh, I'm doing this podcast. This is great to talk about. So be honest, AJ, you're from Texas. Yep. Are, are Denver drivers the worst drivers on the planet? They're not the worst drivers on the planet. Okay. They're not. I will say there's another place that I don't want to call out um, that's in the South that has really terrible drivers. And it was actually terrifying to drive consistently. But because Denver is such a melting pot of people, there are good drivers and there are bad drivers. And it's just like, you never know where you're going to end up with. Like, depends on a Tuesday, you know? Well, I'm just going to, you know, just say it. I think Denver drivers are the worst I've ever lived <laughs> with before. That's fair. And I do not know if I could put my finger on why. But no, I actually do think I know why. Texting and driving. Oh, for sure. I see but that's so universal. many people texting and driving. It's true. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. And I think that if I honk at them, like it's actually going to make a difference. Mm. But it never does. Yeah. Um, so maybe I need to. Because they're focused on their phone. They're too busy. To hear you yeah and yeah. they have no idea why i'm honking right 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 <laughs> which gets into like this whole idea of like anger because like it's so frustrating seeing people texting and driving and so i think what's helpful andrew for us is to think about like what what is anger like as we talk about it because i think there's so many ways for us to define anger and and we see it um and yet for us like i think it's helpful for us to be able to get some clarity around what we're talking about when we mean um what does it mean to get to get angry and how do we respond to that? So I think that there is typically a perceived threat to mm. our lives that triggers us. Uh, and then with that trigger, it results in anxiety. Mm. Um, it starts with anxiety, but then it can, I think, increase uh, depending on how the threat is behaving towards us to you know a high level of what we would call anger uh, the bible would call it wrath 
Mm, yeah, yeah. And we have talked about God's wrath specifically on a podcast before. Um, but we're talking about like human anger, how we respond. And majority of the time is we usually respond in unhealthy ways <laughs> when it comes to anger. And I think what's, what's clear for us is that like, we have to acknowledge that anger is not in and of itself a bad thing. Right. Um, but it's how we respond to it and how our actions respond to it, whether it's internal or external, um, which is what makes it either good or bad in that response. Absolutely. And I think that's important to note. And Ephesians chapter four, verse 26 actually talks about it mm. in a pos- in a fashion where you aren't necessarily sinning. Mm. So we usually associate anger as it's definitely a bad thing. Right. It must be a sin. Right. And certainly there's, we're going to get to another other places in scripture sure. where it does talk about it in that fashion. Uh, however, I'll just read it. Ephesians 4.26. This is from Apostle Paul to the Ephesians. He says, be angry and do not sin. Mm. And I believe that that is from Psalm 4. Um, And it it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Mm. And then the rest of that chapter is a lot about uh, how to forgive and mend relationships. Um, uh, so, but it's interesting. It, it, you can kind of see that in this verse, there's mm. an escalation that's possible. That's mm. unhealthy. Yeah. You know, so right. it's, it's inviting you to do something healthy with it before the sun goes down. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. I think, you know, we tend to marry those two together, anger and sin. Um, and, you know, it's interesting too. I was just thinking about this um, as you were sharing. Like Jesus talks about the way that we respond to our brother or sister in Christ, and um, he he obviously says, like, you have heard it was said in the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. But if anyone has hatred towards your brother, right? Like there there is a way that we direct our anger towards somebody, right? And the way that we see God direct His anger. Um, because we do see Jesus get angry. We do see God get angry, um, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, he responds, like his anger leads to righteousness. Like it's a response to a circumstance that that is outside of his will, outside of his plan for our lives, for the well-being of people. And he responds like for our good. And oftentimes what happens in our anger that's different from God's is that we respond for our good rather than someone else's good Mm -hmm. as well yeah so yeah talk a little bit more about about anger as you like see it played out in the life of a christian in the life of your own life um how do you see it more so like externally internally yeah yeah and i want to get to that but i think you just brought up something extremely helpful Mm. especially if somebody is currently angry at someone and all they know is the bible verses that say okay uh, go and make peace. And, and maybe that is the answer, depending on the situation. Mm. Uh, but we do see that um, Jesus with the Pharisees, for example, mm. yeah. he responded righteously and they were after power and control, mm. but he was after glorifying God. And I think that um, you nailed it when you said righteous anger is about give, or I'm going to I'm going to add my interpretation. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Righteous anger is about giving glory to God. Unrighteous anger usually is all about defending yourself. Right, yeah. yeah. So now to answer your question, how does this play out in life? I think that um, here's what I would say. 
Uh, I want to I want to walk through just a kind of a series of questions. So if you're listening and you're like, I want I'm being reactive right now. Mm. I want to deal with an issue that is plaguing me currently with someone in my life. Mm. Um, typically, it's a person uh, that is causing this or a group of people. Um, or <clears throat> you might say, I want to be proactive because I know that it's going to happen tomorrow when I get angry and I want to be prepared. And so mm. these questions are good for you, I think, to think about, to journal. Mm. I think journaling alone, uh, having some quiet time where you can journal and give yourself counsel, allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life mm. before you react. Because yeah. clearly so when you're triggered, it's a great opportunity for Satan and sin to come in mm. and then cause you to go in unhealthy directions. Yeah, that's so good. I, I love how you talk about trigger because it's such a, sometimes we, we react before we respond. And what you're saying and inviting people to do is saying, Hey, let's take a moment, step away and also then find a chance to be able to respond. Don't, don't let it bottle up and then let it explode, but give it some space. So yeah, what are some of those, those questions that um, you take to, to process throughout that? Yeah, I think that the, the first thing I would ask is, what stressors are driving your anxiety? Mm. And then as you ask that question, you wanna let your feelings not be your driving force, but your indicators. Mm, interesting, yeah, talk more about that. So, so it's like, if your feelings are your driving force, uh, it's going to drive you to the, its logical conclusion. You're going to just let uh, anxiety and fear and your trigger overcome you, overtake you. Mm. But then when you take a moment to say, what stressors are driving my anxiety? What you're really asking is like, why, why am I so bothered about this? Right. Why am I so angry about this? And just you're allowing the Holy Spirit to talk to you about it. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, what is it? Like, right. what is it really deep down inside? And sometimes mm. what we find is, you know, we're really protective or we find that, mm. you know, there's a association that this trigger caused to something that happened to me five years ago um, and or mm. whatever. You start to kind of put the picture together for yourself. You're painting a picture for yourself mm. so you can appropriately give counsel to yourself. Sure. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, I... It's cool that you make the distinction for talking about what God does is he uses his anger for glorifying God. And oftentimes we use it to justify ourselves and painting this picture is actually glorifying God in what you're doing, right? You're actually acknowledging these are the feelings that I'm, I'm expressing right now. These are feelings that Lord you have created within me and I want to be able to use it to honor other people and to honor you above all things. I love that. That's so good. Absolutely. So and at the end of the day, that's what we want to do with it is to take it to the Lord and let mm. him guide us. Um, and then the second question I would ask is, is there a potential positive way to view this person? So mm. typically when we're triggered by someone we can uh, <laughs> we can go off the deep end with villainizing. Oh, yeah. You know, we can start to villainize somebody really fast, and then we can create a laundry list of all of their faults. We can rehearse those faults in our mind. Mm. Uh, we can just we we start to make a case in our mind. 
And so now, and it could be that someone really is evil. Like I'm not discounting that we're, we're shooting very broadly in our, Mm -hmm. you know, teachings right now. And everybody has to make their own application to their situation. Um, but I think a lot of the times, you know, if it's in a marriage or if it's with our parenting or if it's with another coworker, um, is there a positive way to view this person as a helpful thing to ask? That's huge. Paint the problem, not the person. Nailed it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, actually that's really helpful for me because oftentimes what I'll do is I will put the person on a dartboard in my head, not like <laughs> realistically, but I will just spiral like, and I will just like start throwing darts. And what you're saying is like, we need to be able to, in order to paint the best picture for somebody, like we have to separate the problem from the picture, from the person and being able to put the best construction on it by processing, like what is going on internally with inside of me? Because there's obviously a lot of discontentment. And I think that's, what's so important too. When we talk about anger is that oftentimes when we talk about anger, our immediate contextual way of looking at anger is very much external. Like, especially like within Christianity, like when we talk about anger within the Bible and like, what does Jesus say about anger? How, how is Jesus angry? Our first response is Jesus flipping the tables. Like John two, he goes into the temple, he's flipping over the tables and it doesn't even say that he's angry in that text. We just automatically assume that he's angry, which he probably was. Um, but a lot of times we like to externalize the issue and rather, rather than internalize it. And a lot of times, a lot of issues that come up are usually within us rather than outside of us. Jesus didn't really look like a pacifist in that chapter, did he? No, he didn't. No, he, <laughs> he did not. He laid the smack down. He said, the get this down. right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> King's coming in hot, you know? Yeah. He's coming in hot there. Yeah. But all for his righteousness, all for his glory, right? All for the glory of his father specifically, not even for, not even for himself. Like he's, he's really advocating for his father. Like this is his father's house that you guys are um, continuing to abuse over and over again at the expense of other people. And, and I think too, like what Jesus does is he's addressing the problem rather than the people. This concludes part one of this episode where we, cover this topic, please tune in next week as we will do part two of this topic and dive in a little deeper.